I'm glad you're here tonight. It's been good. That music was great tonight. Wasn't that a blessing? Yeah. Thank the Lord for that. Tonight's the last night. And I, I pastor Bible Baptist Church in El Dorado, Arkansas. And we started a church uh, 31 years ago uh, in our home with 14 people. And uh, now we're out on the Smack Over Highway. Amen. I live on the Smack Over Highway. I live in a big A-frame house. Looks like a big old TP. Amen. And uh, but God's been real good to us. The church got 23 acres of property there. We've got a Christian school and bus ministry. And I love the little old bus kids. Amen. And man, they're a blessing. But we got lots of hooks in the water and uh, preaching to jail and prisons and all kinds of stuff. We got people going all over. Amen. And, and uh, had a guy come in the other day, and I didn't. Uh, he wanted to say something. I didn't let him say nothing because he said he was bishop somebody, and I didn't know you'd never seen him before, and just come in. And he had one of our gospel tracks. He come from Cedar Hill, Texas, and yeah. I don't even. He doesn't know where he got the track from. But somebody yeah. gave him one of our little gospel tracks. Isn't that a blessing? Yeah. And uh, after church, I was talking to him. And he said, Pastor, he said I've been a. He was like seventy-six years old, and elderly black gentleman. And he said. Uh, uh, Pastor, uh, I've been uh, a deacon for T.D. Jakes, uh, the old black preacher there, for 22 years. And I said, praise the Lord. He loved the Lord. Amen. He asked me to pray for me. And I said, sure. And he prayed for me. That was a blessing. And I sure appreciate our people getting the Word of God out of the gospel tracts. Amen. I see him in bathrooms all over town. And, and I'm at that age now where I frequent bathrooms. Amen. So anyway, uh, if you have your Bibles uh, tonight, we're going to move around just a little bit. Pastor, thank you for the nice room and the, the, the bottle of wine was great. I appreciate that. <laughs> I'm, I'm taking home my wife. Amen. But, uh, I'm a teetotaler, amen, after that message the other night. But anyway, uh, if you have your Bibles there, let's, we're going to move around just a little bit and then we'll get to where we're going to go, okay? But thank you all for letting me come. It's been a great meeting. Hasn't the weather been unbelievable? Yeah. I mean, if you look at the weather forecast, it's fixing to get hot tomorrow. Yeah. I mean, if it started muddy, got like four and a half inches or something, it's kind of muddy a little bit and all that. But man, alive, it's been unbelievably cool, hasn't it? Yes, I mean, I thank God did that for this old fat boy, amen. Yeah. That is a blessing, amen. And uh, for those of you that are here tonight, I'm not normal, okay? You can check around and some of the others could tell you he's not normal, amen. <laughs> but I want to show you all my milking muscle. There's my milking muscle. I'm going to be a dairy farmer. And I had 92 Holstein heifers. We're going to raise the kids out in the country, get away from all the drugs, and then. We had a revival meeting, amen, had a revival meeting at that revival meeting. Uh, an old-timey evangelist by the name of Dr. Joe Boyd came, and man, he's a big old hoss, you know, and white-headed, and, and old Dr. Boyd, uh, uh, you know, he came down to my house back in those days, uh, you know, years ago, people in the family, uh, families in the church would sign up and take the evangelist home to eat dinner with them, you know, and so he was over at our, our house, and my wife was frying up some fried chicken, amen, and man, uh, she knows how to cut up that fried chicken and all that, but... You know, I'm so honored to have Dr. Boyd, you know, with there with us and, and all of that. And so we was in the living room. My wife was in the kitchen with my dad. And it was such a blessing. But she had the rolls in the oven and the chicken was ready and the macaroni and cheese, baked beans. I mean, you know, get hungry now. <laughs> God bless you. I see those hands. But anyway, uh, <clears throat> so Dr. Boyd asked me, you know, and, and tremendous athlete. Just uh, He didn't chase the football, you know, the pink skin like he could have. He drafted number one. Uh, out of Texas A&M, he was a hoss. I mean, just a big old, just play professional football. He was drafted by the Washington Redskins back in the day, but uh, he didn't chase football. He went after God and became a great evangelist. But anyway, Dr. Boyd asked me, what's your name? And I said, it's uh, J.D. I go by my initials, and he said, well, what's your, what's your given name? What do your initials stand for? And I said, Joe, Joe Dalton. I said, I was named after both my grandfathers. One's name was Joe, and the other's name was Dalton. And uh, you know, he's up in years, he's in his 80s, and he said, uh, he started calling me David. My name's Joe Dalton, and he started calling me David, you know, so I just kind of rolled with it, you know. And, and we're talking, and he was saying David this and David that. And then finally he said this, he said, David, what are you going to do with your life? That's what he said, David, what are you going to do with your life? And I probably said, Dr. Boyd, let me show you my milking muscle, and I'm going to milk cows. And, and then I had, you know, I had all these heifers, 92 Holstein heifers, and I'd go to school, learn how to, artificially inseminate cows and palpate cows, pregnancy check cows. And man, I always said, my daddy's a preacher, my brother's a preacher, somebody's got to make a living, amen. And so, uh, but anyway, uh, you know, we had that revival meeting and, and Dr. Boyd went on down the road, but somebody else started talking to me and he knew my name. And he said, J.D., what are you going to do with your life? Why don't you go beyond what you want to do and what you want to be? Why don't you do something for me, something that would last forever? 
Well, then I had to decide, am I going to do what I want to do, or am I going to do what the Lord wants me to do? And, you know, I went with the Lord, and I'm glad. Instead of chasing cows across Texas, I'm chasing sinners across Arkansas. And I got a lot of job security, amen. I see you got a lot of job security over here in Missouri, too, amen. But anyway, what a blessing. I'm glad I listened to that still, small voice of God. And uh, to God be the glory, amen, great things He's doing. So we just thank the Lord for the opportunity to serve the Lord. But all that happened in a revival meeting. God got me, amen, he got me, and I'm so thankful that he did, amen. My older brother Bob, five years older than me, on Friday night, Friday night, 51 years ago today, on Friday night, my brother Bob, we had sawdust on the on the ground under the tent in Texas, and it's hotter, it's hot there, but my brother, I'm telling you, he got saved by the grace of God. The old preacher man preached on the great white throne judgment of God, amen, I'm glad my brother got in, amen, my brother's one of the best Christians that I know. I'm glad he's going to heaven, amen. He's a good, good man, amen. And he's been our Christian school man all these years. And he prays for every kid that he's been a Christian educator in his whole ministry. But he prays for every kid that ever went to school where he's principal of uh, every day. He's got a phenomenal, he got a prayer journal. He prays for hundreds of preachers and everything. I'm always giving new preachers names. So if you want to get on his, in his prayer journal, give me your name and we'll get you in there, amen. Uh, Luke chapter number 13, and we're just going to kind of. Uh, look a couple places here real quick, and then we're going to get to where we're going, okay? And uh, and uh, you hang with me, we'll be all right here just a little bit, okay? All right. All right, Luke chapter number 13, and uh, I blue over here. And look down at verse number, uh, verse number 6. The Bible says he spake also this parable, and the parable is an earthly story that conveys a heavenly meaning. And he said, a certain man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard, and he came and sought fruit thereon. Notice that fruit there. Fruit thereon, and found none. Then said he unto the dresser of his vineyard, Behold, that's a stop, look, and listen word. These three years I come seeking fruit on this fig tree, and find none. Cut it down. Why cumber it the ground? It's just taking up space. It's not fruitful anymore. Let's just cut it down and get it out of the way. Verse number 8, And he answered, he said unto him, Lord, let him alone this year also, watch this now, till I shall dig about it and dung it. Now, um, I have a message that I preach called Dig It and Dung It. We're not preaching that one tonight, but that's a good that's a good title, amen. Say that with me. Dig it and dung it. Yeah, say it again. Dig it and dung it, okay? Now, you know, uh, I, I got farming background, so uh, I remember when we used to grow hay uh, at Coastal Bermuda down there in Texas, we would aerate the roots. We'd go through and kind of plow the roots up, you know, and, and uh, we'd plant, overseed it with vetch, you know, and vetch puts the uh, nitrogen back in the soil, and it's kind of a science to all that stuff, but... You know, uh, the Bible says, break up your fallow ground, and it's time to seek the Lord. You know, a lot of times in our lives, we, we get crusted over, our hearts get hard, we get desensitized, are you listening to me, by the world, and man, we need revival. We need to go preacher man, just drop the plow, and just bust off down through there and break up that fallow ground, and, and, and to dig it, are you with me, we need to dig it, and then dung it, okay, so if I, dung is a real, uh, real interesting word. I know a lot about dung. If I say uh, chicken dung, that's chicken manure. Donkey dung, donkey manure. Cow dung, cow manure. Are y'all, can we move on? Y'all got that point? Kind of a stinky point, but anyway, uh, it, it, it's got ammonia nitrate in it, and it, it fertilizes. It's like fertilizer, amen? Uh, we had a, a guy in the church uh, years ago who came up with a bright idea. We're out in the country, you know. And he said, Pastor, why don't we put a load of chicken dung on the churchyard. Oh, my word. Did you talk about the greenest grass in Arkansas we had in Amen for a time? And you didn't want to drop your bubble gum either, Amen. <laughs> well, it, it, we had to water it, but man, it got green and it did, I mean, it did its thing, Amen. We dug it and we dunged it, Amen. And that is a blessing. But you know, again, we're talking about revival. And you know, we need God to kind of stir us up and fertilize us, Amen, so that we, as God's children, the whole premise of Christianity. He didn't come to call the righteous. He came to call sinners to repentance. Amen. 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 And uh, he's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. So it's our responsibility. We're the light of the world, and we're the salt of the earth. And 
If we lose our Savior or we hide our light under a bushel, you know, what are we doing here? We're just taking up space. God has left you here and left me here for a purpose, and it's His purpose. He's got a good, acceptable, and a perfect will for all of our lives, okay? And we need to let Him dig about us and dumb us, amen, during these revival times. Now take your Bible very quickly and turn over to the book of Isaiah. Just again, another little illustration. I've got sermons on all these, but it's not where we're camping tonight. In Isaiah chapter number 5, Isaiah chapter number 5, and this is the parable, again, it's kind of the Old Testament uh, parable of Jehovah's Vineyard, and uh, verse number 1, Isaiah chapter number 5, verse number 1, uh, Now will I sing to my well-beloved, Isaiah 5, 1, a song of my beloved touching his vineyard. Now watch the wording here, my well-beloved hath a vineyard, now look at this next little statement here, in a very fruitful hill. Not just a fruitful hill, but a very fruitful hill. In other words, God doesn't want us just to be satisfied or, or mediocre with our fruit. He wants us to be very fruitful as churches. Amen. Are you with me? I mean, listen, we order tracks. We order 10,000 tracks at a time. 10,000. The Bible way to heaven. Got a picture of my wife and I. We order 10. I mean, our people are track distributing machines. I mean, they put them in truck stop. They put them everywhere. Amen. I'm proud of them. Amen. Amen. And I thank God for that. And, you know, that's just like the Word of God's a little bitty seed. And that's just like a seed. And we just need to get the seed out of the barn. Amen. Amen. And get it out in the field. It's the world. Okay. Now, look, at it says a very fruitful hill. And it's really like Jehovah thought of everything. It says, and he fenced it and gathered out the stones thereof. Talking about his vineyard down. Planted it with the choicest vine. Built a tower in the midst of it. Also made a wine press therein. And he looked, watch this now, that it should bring forth fruit, or bring forth grapes, and it brought forth wild grapes. Wow. That's not good, is it? Uh, and now it happens of Jerusalem and men of Judah. Judge, I pray you, betwixt me and my vineyard. God, you know, God, Jehovah asked this question, what could I have been done more to my vineyard than I have not done in it? Hey, he's a wonderful caretaker, isn't he? Yeah. Isn't he good? Yeah, yeah let's sing about it. God is so good. God is so good. God is so good. He's so good to me. Wow, hasn't he been good? He's good all the time, amen. And I'm just telling you, he takes care of everything, doesn't he? And, and you look there in verse number two, man. Wow, but he went down to verse number four. What could be done more of my vineyard than I've done in it? Wherefore, when I looked that it should bring forth grapes, brought it forth wild grapes. Wow, that's not good. I mean, it should have been God could have picked any grape. It would have been a sweet grape. Those wild grapes, we call them Mustang grapes. And they, they, they bite your tongue. They're not like a tame grape, amen? And God's looking for good grapes, amen? And that's why we need to be close and right with God and all that. And, you know, at the end of the, of the trail for me, instead of, this question at the end of my life, what could have been done more? I, I, I'd like it to be said about me that, I, I, hey, I did read my Bible. Yeah. I did pray. Yeah. I did attend church faithfully. Yeah. Amen. I did tithe and, and give to missions. Amen. I, I, I'm not trying to razzle-dazzle anybody, but I just want to do the basics. Amen. So when I stand before the, before the Lord, I did win souls, pass out tracts. You know what I'm saying? What a blessing. What a blessing. Yeah. And uh, again, you look down at verse number 5, he says, And now go to, I will tell you what I will do to my vineyard. I will take away the heads thereof, and it shall be eaten up, and break down the wall thereof, and it shall be trodden down. And I will lay it waste, it shall not bring, uh, be pruned or dig, but there shall also cut, uh, uh, there shall, uh, come up briars and thorns, and I will also command the clouds that they rain no rain upon it. And again, God's in control of all this weather stuff. Uh, for the vineyard of the Lord of hosts is the house of Israel, and the men of Judah his pleasant plant. And he looked for judgment, but behold, oppression for righteousness, but behold, a cry. Now listen to me. If I have the blessing of God on my life and on my family, I have everything. Yeah. But if God lifts his hand of blessing off me, I'm trying to be a knucklehead and be stupid, you know. Uh, then, you know, he lifts his hand of blessing off me, my family, my church. He writes Nicky Bob on the door. Hey, listen, the glory of God departs. Man, I don't want that. No way, Jose. Amen. I want God to dig about my heart and dung it. I want to be very fruitful. I want my church to be a very fruitful hill. And we're in a small town in South Arkansas. Our population is probably about like y'all, about eighteen thousand something, you know. And uh, I thank God. You know, we got a lot of hooks in the water in our area. Amen. And that is a blessing. Take your Bibles now. Turn back to John chapter number fifteen. I want to give you my little outline tonight. John chapter fifteen and. Uh, we're just going to kind of jump in there, John chapter 15. I'll give you a little outline you want to write down. <coughs> Take notes. You want to write down in your Bible. It's a good one. And uh, 
I, I tell you, a short pencil is better than a long memory. Amen. Amen. I tell you, remember a lot more when you when you take notes. Amen. You know what I'm talking about. And uh, John 15 in the Bible, what a great chapter. It's a fruit-bearing chapter. And, and when we move toward the Lord Jesus Christ, please listen to me. When we move toward the Lord, we're purged in order that we would produce more fruit. And if we move away from God and we backslide, we're punished in order to cause us to return to Him. So you just kind of got to figure which way you want to suffer. Well, I'd rather suffer bearing fruit than I would Him having to take me to the woodshed. And the Bible says the Lord chastens and scourges every son whom He receives. Okay, so if I want to get away from Him, He's going to He's going to tan my hide. Amen. Are y'all Are y'all with me on that? Okay. So I'd rather just you know if I'm going to suffer, let Him prune the dead limbs off, let Him dig about me and dung me, so I can be fruitful. Are y'all with me? Some of y'all look at me like, what did He just say? Uh, but anyway, uh, God makes no mistakes, and I you know I just want to suffer for the cause of Christ and let Him use me. Uh, somebody said, soul winning is one beggar telling another beggar where to find bread. Well, I tell you, oh, taste and see, the Lord is good, isn't He? I taste and He's good, amen? And we need to be telling others, okay, about the Lord Jesus Christ. So Christ is looking for fruit. He's looking for fruit. We're coming now to the end of the revival, okay? So if we're just here, and man, it's been a great meeting, and you know, um, Brother Martin told me last night, he said, well, you're four for four. You know, you got one more in you, you know, and just talking about the sermons and preaching. It's been good. It's been a good week in the life of your church. And visitors have come in and been blessed and been helped. And we come to church to get some, some help. Amen. Amen. But the problem with all that is, you know, if, if uh, I got this little doll here. And I'll just set her right here uh, in the front here. And we'll just let her sit there. And she's just looking real good. And, you know, here's the problem. You know, we all come into the house of God. And, you know, uh, this little doll, little, little doll here, she's all dressed up and and looks real pretty and everything. Uh, but the problem is she's so good, she doesn't do anything bad. She doesn't smoke, she doesn't drink, she doesn't cuss, she doesn't run around with the boys that do. I'm going to tell you, she's a good little girl. Are y'all with me? Yeah. She's so good, she doesn't do anything bad. But she's so bad that she doesn't do anything good. She never passes out a track. She never opens her mouth up and tells anybody about Jesus. You know, that's where a lot of Christians are. Oh, you're not going to go out. I'm not going out tonight and getting drunk or getting high. I'm not doing none of that stuff. But how long has it been since you opened your big mouth for the Lord Jesus Christ to tell somebody what He did for you? Amen. Hey, listen, He died for you. He suffered it all because He loved me. Amen. I'm not going to hell no more. I'm not going to hell no more. If you're saved by the grace of God, you're not going to hell no more. And listen, hey, we're supposed to... And he said in Matthew 4, 19, he said unto them, Follow me, and I will make you... Jesus said, I will make you fishers of men. And I just think the closer we get to God, the more of a burden and the more of a heart. And we're not just satisfied to sit, soak, and sour, amen, and, and enjoy the good things of God. Yeah, it's all good. But I don't care if you can't get out anymore and you're kind of limited on how much you can pray. You can pray for souls. There's, there's so many things you can do, amen, and God could use you. You know, the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. And God can use your prayers to ignite some other people to get the gospel out to places where maybe you can't go. Amen. It's preaching time now. Amen. Yeah, get your head up. It ain't time to pray. Yeah, amen. I'm telling you, man, this is good. It's good stuff. Now, God wants available fruit. Man, I just want to look at verse number, John chapter 15, verse number 1. The Bible says here, I am the true vine, Jesus said. I am the true vine, and my Father is the husbandman. Every branch in me. Well, I'm glad I'm in Christ. I'm in the beloved. In me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. He taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it, that it may bring forth more fruit. So we have available fruit, but then we have added fruit. God wants more fruit. He wants us to do more than we're doing right now. Amen? And in my hand, I mean, okay, yes, yes. And I say yes, Lord, yes. But you're willing to your way. I mean, he wants us to do more. And uh, I'm pressing on the upward way, new heights I'm gaining every day. Still praying as I'm onward bound. Amen. What a blessing. Amen. What a blessing. And I'm just saying that, you know, uh, we can get to where we're out here, but we're not doing nothing. You know what I'm saying. You know exactly what I'm saying. And you know we're 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 you know we're we're in the world. We're you know we know we're going to heaven and all that. But I'm telling you, we're rubbing elbows with people that are 
They're going to split hell wide open, and we might be their only opportunity. Amen. That's why we're here. That's why I'm here. That's why you're here. Okay? So I'm trying to get you up off your blessed assurance and, and get you activated back on the fire tonight. Amen. Revive us again. Amen. Yeah. That thy people may rejoice in thee. Amen. And so, uh, every branch of me, you know, my wife had, we have crepe myrtles in our yard. I don't know what a crepe myrtle is, but uh, some kind of bush or whatever, but we, we prune those suckers back. Every year in February, we prune them. There's certain times we prune them. I mean, we cut them down. They're like way tall, and we just cut them down to the nubs. The little nubs are sticking out everywhere, and it's unbelievable the growth that comes after we cut them back. Year after year, we cut them back. And you were hurting them when we cut them back, but we're hurting them so they, we can help them. Are y'all with me on that? So God's not mad at you. If you've got some dead limbs, you just need to let him do surgery on you, cut them dead limbs off Why? so you can start producing again. Right. You know, I'm glad that I've got sewing stories from way back, but I'm glad I've got some sewing stories yeah. from this year. Amen. I'm glad i got some sewing stories from this year. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I had the privilege personally. I'm not, you know, <laughs> personally lead some people to the Lord this year. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Blessing, isn't it? Yeah, I want to be a soul winner for Jesus. Set my soul afire, Lord. Set my soul afire. Make my life a blessing. Now look verse number three. I like this one. Now you are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Well, I'll tell you, thank God for the word of God. Just the preaching of the word of God and then just that cleansing effect and that wash water, amen. Wash me, I should be whiter than snow, amen. Thank God for the cleansing effect of the Bible. Amen. It doesn't need to be rewritten. It just needs to be preached. Amen. Amen. Preach the Word. Amen. Uh, preach the Word. Be instant in season and out of season. Amen. I just try to preach the Bible. Be faithful to the Word of God. Verse number four. Abide in me, Jesus said, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine. No more can ye, except ye abide in me. I like all these analogies. You know, I'm a country boy, but I like all these analogies in the Bible. You know, he said, I am the vine, I am the vine, ye are the branches. You're not the vine, I'm the vine. You can't, you know, you're not the one producing the fruit. Some plant, some water, then God gives the increase. Are y'all with me? Yeah. I, I, I like this, he says, uh, he, say, he says, the Lord is my shepherd. I like that. So what's that mean? I'm a little red-headed sheep. Oh yeah. He's the potter. Yeah, I'm the, I'm, the, I'm the clay. I'm the Play-Doh, amen? And mold me and make me after thy will. Are, are you all with me? I like the analogies like that, you know, in the Bible and, and, and all of that. And what a blessing that is. But I'm just saying God wants us to be very fruitful, okay? That washing of the water of the Word, I mean, that's what's going to help us to be clean. And, and we got to abide in Him because we can't bear fruit of ourselves. Verse number 5, I am the vine, you are the branches. I tell my grandbabies, I'm the boss, you're the baby. Oh, yeah, some of these little kids think they're the boss. No, 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 you're not the boss. I'm the boss. You're the baby. They get up big enough, they say, Papa, I'm not a baby. And I say, okay, I'm the boss, you're the big boy, or you're the big girl, you know what I mean? But I'm telling you, we're not going to let the, uh, the insane asylum be run by the inmates, amen? What's wrong with our country? And uh, I'll tell you, it's really sad to see some of these little kids just out of control. Uh, no control. I mean, if, if an 18-wheeler was coming, they'd just be plastered. They'd get killed. But they won't stop. I train my children like a dog. Sit. Stay. I'm serious. I mean, I, I train them. The Bible says train up a child in the way he should go. Stop. Start. Do. Don't. You know, just simple commands because I love them and I didn't want them to get hurt. Amen. And I, I, you know, we know that we're older. We got, you know, we're responsible for the little ones. That's right. Yeah. And I even get on to other people's children because I love them. I want them to do right. Yeah. And I'm not ugly about it, but just trying to help them. Amen. Yeah. And I, I teach all these little boys in my church how to shake hands. Yeah. Shake hands. Give me some grit. And all our little boys, man, they'll put the squeeze on you. <laughs> I tell them, boys, listen, we don't want those little funny boy handshakes. Oh, we don't want that little limp handshake. You know, that scares yeah. me. You know, but little boys, they got to be trained, don't they? Yeah. I didn't know how to put toothpaste on my on my toothbrush till my mama taught me. And I squeeze it in the middle, man. Now I squeeze it from the end, amen. I learned a lot in my sojourn here on earth, amen. By the way, if you don't take a bath, you stink. Amen. If you don't use soap, you stink. And that's why, spiritually speaking, we've got to have that washing of the Word. 
He said, I am the vine, you are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth. Look at this now, much fruit. So we got available fruit, then we got added fruit, that's more fruit. Then we got abundant fruit, okay? Abundant fruit, that's much fruit, okay? That's what God's looking for. A very fruitful hill. He wants much fruit. And verse number six, verse five says, For without me you can do nothing. Well, that takes care of all the pride, doesn't it? God said, For without me you can do nothing. You say, Well, I got it. No, you ain't got nothing. I ain't got nothing, man. I'm telling you. I'm pride, man. It'll mess you up. It'll mess you up. Now look at your Bible, and verse number 6 says, If a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch, as a branch and is withered, and men gather them and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. Okay? And again, it's not talking about salvation. It's talking about fruit bearing. Fruit bearing. You're not bearing fruit and going home to be with the Lord early because you're of no value down here on earth uh, after, uh, as a child of God. Now here's my little outline. You've got to get this one down. If you write notes, this is a good one. Okay? Number one, Give you six things here real quick. Number one is uh, the Christ-centered life. The Christ-centered life. Say that with me. The Christ-centered life. Look at verse number seven. Jesus said, if ye abide in me, if ye abide in me, that's the Christ-centered life, okay? I, listen, that in all things he might have the preeminence, okay? But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added. And I just want to seek Him first. Okay, are you all with me? Seek God first. Okay, the Christ-centered life. You get around people, a lot of people, their life is not centered on Christ. He may be a part of their life, but He's not, you know, I want Him on the front burner, if you know what I'm saying. I don't want Him on the back burner, on the back 40 or something like that. No, I want Him to be preeminent, the Christ-centered life. Number two is the Bible-anchored life. The Bible-anchored life. Look at the second part there, verse number 7. He said, if you abide in me, then he said, and my words abide in you. And my words abide in you. Now, man, we don't need less Bible. We need more Bible. Are you with me? We need more of the Word of God. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. And I'm just telling you, man, thy word about hitting my heart that I might not sin against God. Hey, I'm just saying, I, I need more and more of God's word in my mind and in my heart and in my life. Amen. I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. Aren't you glad when I was a little boy, this stuff is full of memory verses? Yeah. Memory work was really big in those days. And man, I thank God for every little Bible verse, every big Bible verse. John 11, 35. Amen. Jesus wept. That's a great Bible verse. I'm glad, I, I'm glad our, our Savior had compassion. Yeah. On the multitudes, amen? Yeah. And, and what a blessing. Thank God for that. But I'm saying, hey, I want to have the, uh, the Christ-centered life, but I want to have the Bible-anchored life. Uh, Brother Roloff, you say, no Bible, no breakfast. No Bible, no breakfast. Say that with me. No Bible, no breakfast. Say it again. No Bible, no breakfast. Hey, listen, we don't have time to wait till noon or try to squeeze our... No, we need to start the day in the Bible. Amen. We need to get it in our mind and in our hearts early in the morning. It'll help you. I promise you it'll help you. It has a cleansing agency and a cleansing effect. You don't even realize all that it's doing for you. I, I, I play mine sometimes at night time sometimes trying to mess with me. I play it and listen to it subconsciously while I'm sleeping. Just let the Word of God, just, you know how people play music, stuff like that. I just let the Bible play. Amen. But old Alexander Scorby teach me how to say all them hard words. I don't know how to say that. How to enunce them. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Now look here. So that's the the Bible, the Christian life, the Bible life. Number three is the prayer supported life. The prayer supported life. Look at look at this now. In verse number seven, he said, "You shall ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you." You shall ask what you will, and it, will, it shall be done unto you. Isn't that a blessing. How many of y'all like to get your prayers answered? Well, I'll tell you. Uh, you know, my wife uh, called me this morning. She was crying. And, uh, and she's, had, she's got some problems going on. I want y'all to pray for her right now. Her name is Deanna. And uh, she had surgery on her hand last week. And her hand, she goes back to the doctor this next Wednesday. But her hand is all wrapped up. And they went in and took out a bone. And, and they're letting the scar tissue kind of heal over. It's bone on bone. But her hand was throbbing. And she got some kind of deal in her mouth. that they think it might be some kind of autoimmune disease. And they tried to do all kinds of things for her. And it'll go away for a little while. And then it'll come back like with a vengeance. And today... You know, she would just call me, and she was upset, crying, and her hand was hurt, her, her mouth was hurt. You know, I said, honey, I'm, I'm going to be praying for you. I love my wife. Amen? And, and she knows, boy, she knows that we pray for each other. Are you listening to me? We pray for each other. Bear you one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. And she's hurt, and I'm hurt because she's hurt. Amen? But I took it this way. Amen? I took it to the 
And uh, she's been called the doctor. They hadn't called her back and all that stuff. You know how that goes. But anyway, I'm just saying to you, the prayer support is life. Somebody go get God. Amen. And I'm so thankful for people that are prayer warriors. How many of y'all know somebody like that in your life that when you got a problem that's pretty serious, you, you kind of want to make sure they know about it? How many of y'all know about that? Yeah. We all have people in our lives like that that we look to. We know they're effectual, fervent prayers. And they're not carnal Christians and all that, but they get their prayers answered. That's who you want praying for you when, when, when it's crunch time. The prayer support life. Number four is the fruit-bearing life. Look down at verse number eight. This is really good, y'all, right here. Herein is my Father glorified that you bear much fruit. Jesus said, Herein is my Father glorified. Who would you rather glorify than our Father which art in heaven? Hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be. And there's nobody that I'd rather glorify than God. How do we glorify him? By bearing fruit. Please bring your friends to Jesus and then they'll always call you friends. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Here is my Father glorified that you bear much fruit. So shall you be my disciples. Number five. Again, we can spend more time. In, but, uh, number five is the love-motivated life. The love-motivated life. This whole passage here, you start reading it here, and, and it's saturated in love, okay? It's saturated in love. Look at verses 9 and 10. And Jesus said, As the Father hath loved me, so have I loved you. And look what he says here. Continue ye in my love. If you keep my commandments, you shall abide in my love, even as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in His love. Jesus is our example, isn't He? He's our example. Now look down in verse number 12. This is my commandment. Not suggestion. This is my commandment that ye love one another as I have loved you. Greater love is no man than this than a man lay down his life for his friends. Ye are my friends if, that's conditional, if ye do whatsoever I command you. Henceforth I call you not servants, for the servant knoweth not what his Lord doeth, but I have called you friends. My mama's favorite song was, What a Friend We Have in Jesus. Oh Amen. What a blessing. For all things that I have heard of my Father, I make known unto you, verse 16, you have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you that you should go and bring forth what? Fruit. Watch this now. And that your fruit should what? Remain. Remain. Wow. So we have available fruit. We have added fruit, which is more fruit. We have abundant fruit, which is much fruit. Then we have abiding fruit, and that's remaining fruit. Ain't that a blessing? What a blessing. And it says that your fruit should remain, that whatsoever you shall ask of the Father in my name, he may give you. These things I command you, that you love one another. Didn't you already say that? Yeah, it's just say it again for emphasis sake. Because we're, we're kind of slow sometimes. We don't pick up on it sometimes the first time. So he says things over and over. He just, you know, and he's God. He knows what we need. Wow. Number six, this is the last one. So we got number one, the Christ-centered life. Number two, the Bible-anchored life. Number three, the prayer-supported life. Number four, the fruit-bearing life. Number five, the love-motivated life. Number six is the joy-filled life. Wow, I like this one. The joy-filled life. Look at your Bible now in verse number 11. These things have I spoken unto you that my joy might remain in you and that your joy might be full. Wow. What a blessing. What a blessing that your joy might be full. Man, I'll tell you, I love serving Jesus, y'all. I really, I love serving the Lord. Isn't it a blessing just to serve Him? Yeah, no, it's not something I have to do. It's something I get to do. I love serving Jesus. Amen. I surely do. Amen. All right. Well, that's a good little outline, isn't it? I like that. Brother Pringle, that's a good one, isn't it? Yes, sir. Yeah, the joy-filled life. Wow. Man, I, I just, man, I'm so thankful, so grateful. But, you know, uh, Jesus said I must need to be about my Father's business. My Father's business. Now, again, we don't mean for it to happen, but uh, I have a little illustration here, this orange juice and, and uh, ginger, ginger ale, but it's got the pulp in the bottom. And, you know, uh, it talks about uh, people in Bible days, they would settle on their leaves. You remember that? And that means that when the, when the, the, the grape juices would kind of go down to the bottom, and uh, it, would, it would get harsh to the study. It would thicken in the, in the bottom, and it would get uh, harsh to the taste. It would coagulate. 
it would become bitter. And so what had had to happen, it had to be shaken up. Had to be shaken up. Are y'all with me? Yeah, had to be shaken up. Can you help me, Brother Thomas? Yeah, had to be shaken up. Now, the happiest days in our life, the happiest days in our life is when we have an old timey heaven sent Holy Ghost revival. And God kind of digs about our hearts and He does. We can't even explain all that the Holy Spirit's doing. But it's kind of like He takes us and He just kind of shakes us up. And he gets all that old harsh stuff that's down there in the bottom. It's coagulated and, and, and gotten thick and harsh to the taste. And, and he shakes it all up. He shakes it all up. And the happiest days of your life. Whoa. Synergy. Well, this got into a preacher. Lord did it again. Amen. Praise the Lord. That's evident for letting it out. Yeah, amen. That's what needs to be happening to us. Amen. Watch this. The happiest days is when God shakes us up. But it's not just about shaking us up and then letting it all go back down to the bottom. Oh, yeah. It's when God pours us out. Yeah. Are, are you with me on that? In other words, He shakes us up and then He pours us out to be a blessing to somebody else. Does, does that make sense? Yeah. So if, if we just if we sit here like a bump on log and, and you know, like this little doll, we're not doing anything bad.
nobody else could reach you. Nobody else has the guts to pass a, you know, to pass the track out. Right. Oh, Dr. Carl Hatch, he's the old evangelist. He'd go in the in the in, at the airports and stuff, and every play, every stall he saw a pair of feet at, he'd go through there and he'd put a track on the floor and said, "Read this while you wait. Read this while you wait." And that's real crude. Well, I wonder how many people will be in heaven because he did that. Yeah, yeah. You might be surprised. I'm just telling y'all, we got to get out of our little, out of our little, whatever, little, whatever. Yeah, yeah. We got to, I mean, we got to get up, y'all. We got to get going. Are y'all with me? We got to let God revive us again. Amen. I'm talking back to me. I was preaching out in California a few years ago, and a missionary invited me to come to Mexico City. His name is. Uh, Kevin Wynn. He's got a ginormous ministry over there. And he said, Brother Lito, do you preach outside? I said, yeah. He said, why don't you pick out a week and come over to my place? And, you know, uh, I mean, it's a ginormous, one of the biggest missionary ministries in the world of our strife. You know, it's been a Baptist that I know of. Well, anyway, the, the Sunday before I was there, uh, they had like six, 16,000. I mean, this thing is ginormous. They got a 7,000 seat auditorium. And so the first time I went there, they had like 230 in their Bible. <coughs> You know, I don't even speak good English, you know, and I'm speaking like for four hours with an interpreter. Okay, and that's really challenging, you know, to go that long and that, you know, and all that. But I knew that Kevin Wynn and his family were personal soul winners. Y'all listen to me, they were personal soul winners. And so I, 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 the Holy Spirit of God kind of took me. He took me and kind of, my, my, my grandma, my, my grandpa, uh, can I get a couple of guys? Can I get a couple of guys? Somebody help me with an illustration. Yeah, can you come help me? Is there one more that could help me? Can you help me? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, can I borrow your belt? <laughs> 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 Can I borrow your belt? You guys could just kind of kneel down facing that way, okay? Yeah. 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 So now, now, don't miss this illustration, okay? My, my grandparents were sharecroppers, and they grew up around farming back in the old days in Central Texas, in town called Buck Oaks, and they lived out in the country from there. But my grandfather plowed with mules, okay? He plowed with mules. And, uh, well, anyway, what would happen is one mule, one mule would kind of begin to lag back a little bit, okay? And uh, kind of like he's lagging back a little bit, okay? And then, uh, well, he's like, he's conservative forward a little bit. He's, he's a quick learner. So <laughs> then this mule over here is like, so what meant, that meant this whole, this mule over here was pulling the whole load. Yes, sir. The, the terminology on the farm for this mule that wasn't pulling his load, it was called, he was floating in the harness. He was floating in the harness. He was in the harness, but he wasn't pulling. He was floating in the harness. So my grandfather would take the leather lines and he would pop that mule on the rump. And then that mule would surge. And then they catch up. And you see what I'm saying? Well, if we're not careful, everybody look at me now. The illustration is this. If we're not careful, we can be in the harness, but we can kind of be floating in the harness. Yeah, right. yeah. And, and, and I'm just telling you, that year when that missionary invited me to come, I was busy and going here and there and all that stuff. But I think I was, I think I was floating in the harness a little bit. The Holy Spirit kind of took the leather lines and gave me a pop. And I just kind of, spiritually speaking, and I just kind of surged a little bit in the area of my soul went and passed out. And listen to me. Please listen to me. I can't even explain what God did. I mean, people just started getting saved all around me. And it's just because I just surged a little bit. And God, God started moving. Are you listening to me? God started. And it's unbelievable. And I just think, you know, wow, what God could do with this group right here if we just surged a little bit and, and, and just see what God would do. That's what revival time is all about. Thank you, guys. Sometimes I problem a lot harder if I know them. I don't think that's yeah, if I know them, man, I like. Everybody's want to call the hotline numbers. And all that. Hey, listen to me. Where Where are you at tonight? I'm just asking. Where are you at in this equation? Man, I need time to shake me up and pull me out. Your life to come for Jesus. I really do. I love y'all. Thank you for letting me come. But look, I'll not revive us again. Amen. Let God keep you. I rejoice in that. Amen. I'd like for him to come back and we be surging. Wouldn't that be a good? Man, I hate for him to come back and catch me just kind of messing around, you know. 
a rascal. You, you do better than that. And, you know, I'd rather come back and maybe get getting on all cylinders and think, man, let's bow our heads. We'll have a game player come play something soft for us. Thank you. 